Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new year of A&B Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And let's jump right into it. Yeah, we're going to start off on January 12th. This was recorded on a Friday of 2024. Woo! We're going to start. <laughs> oh, jeez. Still coming down from uh, some sickness, both of us, so please excuse us. Um... 1918, Montreal Canadiens center Joe Malone scores five goals and a 9-4 win over Ottawa to become the first 20-goal scorer in NHL history. Goes on to score 44 regular season goals. Jeez, those scores are low. Um, in 1951, Ezert Charles TKO's Lee Oma in round 10 for the heavyweight boxing title. Doesn't say which one. It just says uh, heavyweight boxing title. And then, uh, ooh. In 1958, in the NCAA, adds two-point conversions to football scoring. So how about that? So we're going to start off actually with F1. I said I wasn't going to be talking about it for a while, which, yes, that's pretty true. But today, I found out some big things that actually were um, some shakeups for the Haas team, the American team for F1. If you've ever watched the show Drive to Survive, which is what a lot of Americans got into with Formula One, they will remember Gunter Steiner. Gunter Steiner was the uh, head coach or the team lead or whatever the hell, team principal of Haas. And he was always no nonsense. You heard him cursing up a storm half the time when he was on air. Funny as shit. Love the dude. He is now the part uh, leaving Haas F1. So he will not be doing that, uh, not be with them anymore, and he will be doing somewhere else with Haas. Um, I have n- not with Haas, doing something else. What I don't know, but there's already putting some stuff together apparently. But we're just gonna keep looking as we go. Haas right now actually wasn't even like in a horrible spot either. Um, they actually didn't do too bad this year compared to their last couple of years. I lied; they were dead last. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they actually dropped down from 8th in 2022 to 10th uh, in 2023. I take it back. Ha, shit the bed. So maybe this is a good thing. I have no idea. We'll find out. Um, on another note with Formula One that I wanted to bring up, which I thought was funny, Red Bull is so confident in their new car for next year. The way they do these uh, their cars, they build them you know, for each season for Formula One. They're so confident in their 2024 car, they started already production for their 2025 car. That's crazy. They are so ballsy with that. I mean, they probably have the money to do it, but hey, good for them. But that's all I really have on um, F1. We're going to move on to the Sixers next because I don't have as much to talk about. They did get robbed last game. I did did watch that game. Um and the ref, the officiating at the end was just awful. They lost in overtime to the Hawks, 30, 139 to 132. Don't let that score uh, persuade you. In the fourth quarter, they missed a very blatant foul on Tyrese Maxey that caused that game to go into overtime. Maxey should have got the foul, and they would have won the game. It yeah. is some straight horse shit. It is. Um, but I and will it, give Max. Oh God! It was it was just Trey Young was getting so much leeway on a lot of bullshit, and the, there was even a foul called on Maxi against or on yeah on Maxi when he was covering Trey Young, 
and the whole league was like, yeah, no, that that needs to get fucked, like reviewed. Yeah, fixed. That's that's yeah, ridiculous. Max even fouled out during, I believe, the overtime as well, so they didn't even have him at the end. Yeah. He scored thirty-five points, nine assists, uh, eight rebounds. Tobias Harris also played his heart out, thirty-two points, four assists, ten rebounds. Also, can't forget though, Marcus Morris Senior for getting seventeen points along with uh, four rebounds and an assist. And ooh, my man Mo Bamba, five points, killing it. But overall, Sixers are still looking good. 23-13, third in the Eastern Conference. Not surprised by that. Plenty of games left to go. So I'm not too worried. Um, not sure when Embiid's coming back either, though. That that's something I didn't really check. Um Yeah, it's 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 about it's around the time that Embiid's knee starts flaring up too. So yeah. this is going to be a, this is where, this is where the real thing comes in. Um, but I do have something about uh, Maxi and it's, it's really more just to piss people off more about Doc Rivers. Um, Maxi was, was necessarily saying that, well, here's his actual quote. Um, this is him on being benched last season when Doc Rivers benched him early in the season. Um, he said, it hurt me. I had some days where I call my mom and I'm telling her I'm sick. I don't think I'm supposed to be on the bench. I feel like I showed why I'm a starter. And it's just like, it, yeah. fucking Doc Rivers three years was just so dumb. So yeah. dumb. Uh, just a note, Embiid is not going to be reporting for the game tonight against the Sacramento Kings. So we will not be seeing him play then. This is yeah. also the first three-loss uh, three streak, I believe, for the Sixers this year. So hopefully they can turn it around this game. Hopefully they have a fire under their ass. You know, to get it, get through it. But we're rooting for the Sixers. They play at 7.30 tonight against the Sacramento Kings. It's all going to be good. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Flyers. Flyers itself aren't doing so bad. But at the same time, they actually just won on the 10th against the Canadians 3-2. to um, Flyers itself, standing-wise, are doing pretty well. They're currently, if I'm correct, the way the points work, yeah, they're currently tied for third with the Islanders. Um, Which is crazy to me. It is. So they're holding their own. And it's and honestly, our division, the Metropolitan Division, is pretty stacked in general. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. They are fun to watch. Um, <laughs> and I, th- I think, too, that's that's a there's a few key parts on why they're playing really well. Yeah. Um, one of them is the necessarily the one A one B goaltending combo we have in True. um Erison and Hart. Um, but little stats. Uh, this was I this is yesterday, so I don't know today necessarily. Um, but Samuel Erison's last thirteen starts, nine two and two with a two goal uh average and ninety two percent uh saves with two shutouts. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Um, also too, I, so there's this reporter. Ah, yes. Yeah. I told you about this. I think he's absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. But uh, he's credit. I'll give him this. He's definitely a hard diligent worker, but his takes are atrocious. Um, he, uh, here's his take on, uh, cutter getting traded. The Flyers should not have traded Cutter, and we'll get to that trade too in a second. Yes. Uh, Elliot Shore Park said the Flyers should not have traded Cutter. Uh, Sam Hinkie wouldn't have traded him. I don't care if I if he didn't want to be on the Flyers. Force his hand, make him report, and change his mind. He also then retweeted. Um, he said pretty much because a lot of people were 
uh, yelling at him, saying the terrible, terrible, you know, uh, take. He said to every one of my mentions, I know how hockey works. And it only made it worse. Yep. But he also, he, he says stuff about the Eagles too. Like, I know a lot of Eagles fans when Brian Johnson out. He was like, no, like, look what happened with Jonathan Gannon and all that stuff. He's like, no, well, Jonathan Gannon royally fucked us over. Like, you are consistently just giving wrong takes. But, um, yeah, honestly, I'm a big fan of the trade. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on the Cutter one. Yeah, the whole trade, it's a, it's a mess in a weird way. I, who knows what the reasoning was, but basic, from what Cutter <laughs> is saying from other reports, or just basically calling it what? A, uh, he said it was a personal matter between him, his family, and his agent. Okay. Which, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And then he was saying after that that all the rumors about Kevin Hayes um, regarding that he had zero conflict or anything to do with the trade and he's also pissed off at people going gutting for him. So later down the line, though, I believe this was also on the 10th, um, John, Tor- uh, John Tortella, the coach, Tort, um, had a, uh, what's it called, like press conference going on. Mm-hmm. And the guy that made, like said, like, you know, put all that information out about uh, Kevin Hayes, Mm-hmm. rips into him during the conference and just starts like basically calling him a piece of shit because you know people got death threats because we're losing the trade um that this guy like ki- this kid 19 years old is just getting ripped into now mm-hmm. like because he doesn't want to play in philly okay i get philly i know philly is a hard town we get it like our fans if you if we love you we love you we care for you if we hate you, yes, there will be horrid shit coming your way. But at the same time, the kid never even played with us yet. And the this reporter, though, basically just set this kid up to be forever shunned by this city. Not like, I mean, yes, like we were going to like him anyway after the trade. But this really just makes th- that him, Cutter, then from now on, just refuse to ever deal with this, us again. I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, I, not, I not, So not not the whole threats and stuff. I, yeah. I think when people take it to that level, it's really fucking stupid. And yeah. I'm using those exact words because that like death threats are not even like a joking thing. So if you're taking a sports team that you're not even realistically a part of and you're watching and just enjoying from a, a, a communal aspect and then someone says, I don't want to play there, you get death threats. That's not cool. No, the death now, threats is the part where I'm like, you're you're drawing, you're going too hard. Now, saying go f yourself, that's a whole different thing. That's Philly. Yeah. That's not death threats. Just saying we you don't respect us, then we don't respect you. Yes, that's and the, fine. And the thing with Cutter is that he, there's actually videos too of him saying this. Um, like during draft night, he even before they were he was drafted, he told he told Danny Briere, who is the GM, yeah. he said he well, this is actually what Danny Briere uh, is is saying. Um, he looked at us at the draft and told us he was built to be a flyer, wanted to be a flyer, and then maybe a few months later told us they didn't want to be a flyer, didn't want to play for the flyers. The video of him at the draft, Cutter, is literally him saying, yeah, my, my mom like lived in the area of Philly. Like, this, I'm built Philly. Like, this is... So, like, it's, it's more the fact that the man, the kid lied, never played with us, never even contributed to us, 
didn't really give us a chance and then goes i don't want to be in philly like him saying no that's not kevin hayes's like there's no fo- fingerprints there i don't believe it him saying that it's personal issues i still don't believe it because of this personal issues like your family was is from philly like they would have tucked philly up very well like something something happened and either way he's Philly is very good for smelling out shit, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better term. And when things don't add up, we're very quick to be like, if you're not going to tell, we'll give you the chance. Tell us the truth. And then you go, no, go fuck yourself. That's that's exactly what Philly is going to say and what they have been saying. Do you see the, um, so uh, the new, uh, Jamie Drysdale, correct? I, I want to yeah. make sure I get his name correct. Jamie Drysdale, who his first, his very first game, like actually contributed and led to a win. Um, very like that first game after the whole trade happened, it was it was Pride Night, um, which is really cool. They had like all like you know rainbows and stuff. Critty even dressed up in <laughs> with like the rainbow and they they uh, rainbow dress. And when they lifted them, the dress just got longer and longer. But in that picture, if you zoom in, there's a guy who took every opportunity. He lifted up his shirt for another shirt. And on there, it says, fuck Cutter. So right. that that beautiful picture of Pride Night will always be remembered for that T-shirt, too. That's also true. I dig it. Yeah. But, yeah, well, he's gone. We're getting the other guy instead. Um, we are getting, uh, what is his name? Hang on. I lost his name. Jamie? Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, we got and Jamie a in a second. Picking, yeah, in 2025. So mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. We'll use that. Jamie will be great. Jamie, welcome to Philly. Heck yeah. Welcome yeah. to Philly, my man. Otherwise, um, we're in the world of boxing real quick. Just wanted to bring this up real fast. Uh, Francis Ngannou does have another fight coming soon-ish. I don't know when. Um, Francis Ngannou, as I said before, um, Fought Tyson Fury in a very controversial loss, honestly. But at the same time, I'm cool with it. Um, it gave Nganu a chance to see what he is. He can win. And we're now going to see him fight Anthony Joshua. So that's going to be fun. And that's going to be on March 8th. So that's coming up pretty soon in Saudi Arabia. So that's going to um, be a fun fight to watch. Keep that in mind. I actually think then Ganu can win, especially now that he has more time to keep practicing his boxing. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I would but, agree. Yeah. Moving on from that, though, we do have our first UFC event of this year. UFC's fight night, Magomed Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker 2. Um, not much going really on on the prelims. There's actually only two fights on the prelims. Um, and honest to God, I really only care about the main event itself because it's a rematch obviously of Magomed and Johnny Walker what happened last time though um I forget when this card was but it was I think the Abu Dhabi card yep in October um and Johnny was on the ground and he got kneed in the head by Magomed there was the whole kerfuffle of the doctor not or stopping the fight when Johnny wanted to continue. There was a language barrier. It was a whole lot of shit. So it was considered a no contest. So they're running it back tomorrow night at seven o'clock. 
Eastern Standard Time at the Apex in the, uh, Las Vegas. Let's go. Um, Magomed still is the heavy favorite at minus 520. Uh, Johnny Walker is at plus 390. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think Johnny Walker has a good chance of winning. Um, both, it seemed like there was a little more ground control at when that little bit of fighting that we saw already. But uh, just to go over the stats one more time, Magomed is 18 and 1. Johnny Walker is 21 and 7. Magomed has six first round finishes, whereas Johnny Walker has 17. Um, I do believe this will go into the second or third round. This is a five round fight. So that is one big difference compared to last card where it was only a three round fight. This is a five round fight now. So the change in that may actually change the tempo of everybody. We'll see what happens. If Johnny can focus on some leg kicks and help uh, work on his awkward striking a little bit, I think he can actually take Magomed. Um, Otherwise, really on this main card that I really would focus on, Jim Miller is fighting. He's one of the old OG MMA fighters. He's 36 and 17 fighting against Gabriel Benitez, who's 23 and 11. Honestly, that'll be a good fight to watch. And then the last one I just want to bring up uh, for the Bantamweight division, Mario Batista is fighting Ricky Simon, who's ranked 13th in the Bantamweight division. Big challenge for Mario because he's going to be fighting into the top 15. So good luck to Mario. Otherwise, AJ, that's all I got. Uh, To be honest, there's not much else to really talk about in majority of the world of sports um particularly baseball because a lot of stuff has really happened where um otani uh yamamoto got signed and yeah, to the dodgers that's really been it um yeah. a lot of other big name um free agents or even prospects nothing's really been happening yeah um still a lot of arbitration to go on um, I know that the Phillies and Ranger actually did agree to a five uh, mil salary for 2024 to avoid arbitration, which is really good. Yeah. Um, but they still have four other arbitration um, eligibles who really could they they, they could reach a deal um, in the next few days, but we'll see what happens. Um, Alec Baum, Gregory Soto, Jeff Hoffman, and Edmundo Sosa, um, and actually too, Jeff Hoffman did get um, I think it was like a two year. Um, so he'll be back as well. But the other three, they're still uh, waiting to get a contract for arbitration. So we'll see. I'm not really worried about uh, most of them. If anything, maybe Sosa. Uh, but that's pretty much it for the Phillies side. But on the Phillies fan side, I actually have a really fun uh, statistics. So they did, a, they did a study. They did a poll. Which MLB fans drink the most? Do they say us? Who who do you, is that? Who you think number one is? I actually don't think it's us. Who do you think number one is? Detroit. Uh, no. Damn. Not a bad guess. They're in the top. I'll give Are you they? one more. I'll give you one more. Uh, well, they're in like the top ten. I'll take top ten. Uh. uh not not the Dodgers. Would it be Boston? Let me know. Boston's middle of the pack. Dodgers is uh, lower fourth, too. Okay. Um, the White Sox. So, at, you know for, what? For fan base, average drinks per game, they're 4.2. And the average spend on alcohol is $46. I, you know what? I thought of Detroit, but I forgot about Chicago. Yeah. So, the top five are the White Sox, the Braves, 
the sense. Reds, really? Cleveland, and yeah. San Diego Padres. Okay, actually, you know what? Ohio makes sense because what else you got going on? Mm-hmm. So even looking at this, the highest oh, – the Angels have the highest spend at 49, but the White Sox are the highest spend at 46. Got it. Which is funny because that's 4.2 drinks a game for 46. That's not – looking at, at Citizens Bank, that's not a bad deal, really. Yeah, um, honestly, Citizens Bank is so expensive. The Phillies – are the fan base with the least amount of average drinks per game. Really? And I was thinking about this. I really Actually, was. Yeah, it, right? It, you, it starts to sink in and you understand yeah, why. Yeah, because I tailgate usually beforehand, mm-hmm. drink, mm-hmm. and then maybe, maybe buy one while I'm in the stadium because yeah. expensive prices. About saying not to mention that just one of them, you have to mortgage your, your family's future. Say, to get. Yeah, one it's, like six, it's like $16, yeah, which is nuts. And yeah, like, like you said, a, like a lot of Philly culture is tailgating and yeah, True. they still make a good amount of sales on beer, but especially with the, the, um, the new pitch clock, like, Beer sales went down, definitely. Oh, absolutely. But, but Philly's big on on drinking beforehand, and even I I know plenty of people that have snuck in drinks afterwards too because the prices. Oh, I'm very are aware of somebody outrageous. that does that. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was a really funny little tidbit because I was like, at first, same thing. I was shocked, and then I was like, no, that makes sense. That absolutely yeah. makes sense. No, um, yeah, you got to think about it. Moving into football. Yeah. Um, so fantasy football season's over. So obviously we, we like to look at, you know, before we get into some sadness that's later place. on. Uh, did you did you really get last place? I didn't even check. I didn't even check either. I assumed that I did. No, no. No? My, my mom beat you for that. <laughs> wow. Your mom sucks. My mom won the league three years in a row. So. I stopped paying attention in like week six. Yeah. Well, then she didn't make playoffs, so she stopped paying attention. Did I make playoffs? No. Okay, cool. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't have been in in the running for last if you made playoffs, Bill. You have a point. Um but so a lot of really cool things come after the season cuz then you get like stats and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh so the league leader not that. So the league leader for uh passing yards was Tua with 46,024. Um, the next four people were Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and Brock Purdy. Those were, those were the top five, two with, with the most. The most touchdowns was Dak Prescott with 36, uh, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Tua. So that was really cool. But when it comes to fantasy points, Josh Allen was number one because of his rushing because he also got 15 touchdowns with that. But – what I want to really bring up, too, was the running back, the rushing leaders. Obviously, we all, we all know Christian McCaffrey. He's, uh, he's the top dog this year because he, he just popped off, and in that offense, like that offense runs through him. Yeah. Um, especially Kyle Shanahan being an offensive like guru. So I'm going to say the, 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 the four after him, so Derrick Henry was uh, the second rushing leader with uh, 1,167. Kyron Williams was 1,144. James Cook was 1,122. And DeAndre Swift was uh, 1,049, which, if being Eels fan, 
seeing Swift is crazy that he was even in the top five. Kyron Williams being hurt for seven games, crazy he's in the top five. But Christian McCaffrey, y'all like the y'all heard that was like eleven sixty seven, eleven forty four. Yeah. Those were the two highest. Christian McCaffrey had fourteen thousand fifty nine, or fourteen hundred fifty nine rushing yards. That's insane. If you look, if you look wild. at his fantasy points, he had three hundred and fifty eight fantasy points. The next highest was Mostert with two hundred and fifty five. That's a hundred point difference. That's absolutely insane. Um, so I think he deserves to be MVP of the league, like hands down. Like I love, I love Brock Purdy. I even I'll give credit to Dak Prescott. I'll give Lamar Jackson's been popping off, but McCaffrey is the MVP of the league. It's it's clear as day. Um. Moving on a little bit to the defensive side, um, there have only been two NFL players with 11 more sacks in each of the last four seasons. Can you guess who those two are? No, I can't. Uh, one of them is Miles Garrett, who is having an absolutely outstanding season. And number two is Hassan Reddick. Okay. And that leads me to now, now we get into annoyance territory. <laughs> So, clearly the Eagles have been floundering with a lot of things. A lot Woo. of things. Offense in particular, and defense has been a resounding thing just throughout the year. Uh, if you look at the defense, there's a lot of things that they could change. For one, stop, stop dropping your best edge rushers into coverage or putting them in on the nose uh, tackles. Meaning, Hassan Reddick consistently, I think like 20% of his snaps, he's in zone coverage which mm. makes no sense to me. He is your best rusher. That's like making Aaron Donald not go after the QB and sit on Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or even Tyree Kill. Why? Why are we doing that? And that has been a consistent theme, and it's only gotten worse when Matt Patricia took over. That's just one of the things, obviously. A lot of dumb decisions on the defense, um, specifically with, with coverages and stuff. Our linebackers just aren't it. Like, people are missing, like, key reads and stuff. It's really bad. But mm-hmm. when you go to the offensive side, it, it's, it's glaring when, and I love Philly fans, and I know they're objective a lot of times, but they should not be understanding play calling. They shouldn't. Even me should not be understanding play calling. If I, I, I've, I've sat with you, and we both have, have said this, we see a play, we see what down it is, and we call it, like, it, it like, oh, what's that? Third and six, QB draw. QB draw. Oh, what's that? They're showing blitz coverage. Here come four verts. Four verts. Oh, what's that? It's first and 10 or second and eight. Here comes a wide receiver screen. It's the same stuff mm-hmm. every time. And Brian Baldinger, who he used to be an O lineman, he's actually very, very good in like, um, he's, he's an analyst now. And he does a very good job on Twitter. He'll post like uh, just quick glimpses, like a minute or two, just kind of either calling out people for being like really good, or if there is things that are going wrong, why are they going wrong? Um, he went on the uh, a Barstool uh, podcast. He went on there for a little bit. Uh, he you know interviewed, and Big Cat asked him. He was like, "So what's some of the things that you're seeing like from the Eagles? Like why are they?" Like, well, why did the offense that was so fun last year like not look great this year? And his exact things was, if I was playing defense against the Eagles, 
I would just be yelling out their plays. It's that predictable. I know guys at the bar in South Philly who can make the same play calls, meaning he's even guys in South Philly can look at the TV screen and be like, this is what's happening. And it's been a constant thing week over week. Um, now, Chad Ochocinco, uh, he, he kind of came to the Eagles defense a little bit. He's like, I've seen this before. I know what they're doing. They're playing possum, which is as soon as they got – and Dallas got it kind of alluded to this before Chad Ochocinco said it. He said, once we made playoffs, it felt like everyone just kind of stopped. Like we were like, all right, let's – now we're waiting for playoffs, it, it, which – is not a good thing, especially when no. you're in the running for first seed or division and stuff like that. And I know that's not exactly – that probably wasn't their full mentality, but when that happens in the back of your mind, it sticks there, and you can see it throughout their play. Um, he's saying they're playing possum, and what a lot of people are theorizing, which I don't agree with, but I can absolutely see where how that could happen, is they're saying they're not using the same play calls that they would use in playoffs and stuff like that. And all those sorts of things. And I get that, but the end of the season is where you build momentum to go into the playoffs, not where you Yeah, you want to be able to position yourself better, not, you know, force yourself to be in the wild card. Exactly. Like, we could have had a home playoff advantage. And I don't think it was the 49ers or the uh, Dallas game that made them think this way. It was a Seahawks game. I think that's what broke the camel's back, and that's what kind of made the players be like, screw this. We'll, we'll just wait for playoffs. Like, yeah. Because a lot of players, too, you can, you can see it. They're getting annoyed with coaching play calls. They're uh, getting annoyed with just, like, specific scenarios in general. And they're not – even the coaches admit that they're not putting the players in positions to succeed, which is twofold because I believe that's the case, but I also believe the players need to own up too and have accountability, which a lot of the, which a lot of the captains are showing with Fletcher Cox, uh, Travis, not Travis, Jason Kelsey. Like a lot of things they're saying, like they're saying one thing, you know, like you know, you read between the lines, and when you do, you see that there is some good things to come from it. But yeah, it's just been bad vibes for a while now. Like for instance, Jalen Hurts. He he uh, dislocated his middle finger. He hasn't thrown in days. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie is starting to get involved. He's been at pra- he's been in pretty much in the vicinity with the team all throughout the week. Um, AJ Brown he deactivated his Twitter, got rid of all Eagles posts, which I think is more just him. He doesn't want to have any media until like playoff game. Until it's over, yeah. And there's a report too that Jordan Davis kept getting fined for missing weight hmm. all season. So that explains why, too, like he wasn't really, you know, the beginning of the season he was doing good and now his conditioning is faltering. So it's a lot of bad vibes around this Eagles team that I just don't like. Um, but, two, we might be catching a break with Tampa as well because they're, they're also banged up. Uh, Tampa Bay quarterback Baker Mayfield didn't practice with uh, rib and ankle injuries. So we might get the first Mar- Marcus Mariota versus Kyle Trask playoff game in history, That'd which would be so annoying. Um, but the the weather for the game, too, is very conducive for the run game. It's the Last time we played the Bucs, it was all rainy. It was a shitty game. Well, not shitty game, but shitty playing environment. And it looks like it's going to be the exact same 
times 10 because it's 95 percent chance like rain and storms and shit so what they need to do is they need to commit to running the ball which is what they're really good at and even my has said like that's the game plan against the bucks like that's what we need to do which is very good so hopefully they kind of turn things around but what do you think bill it's just been bad vibes ever for like yeah i a month the confidence is real low in the eagles right now um I just feel like every play like that they do just feels like we're just not ready for them, like ready for the defense at all. feels like every time we're there, like we're out and playing, it just it feels like we're a step behind. It feels like we're, they're ahead of us, and I think it's because they know what we're looking like, what the play is going to be. Because I agree. It feels like we're doing the same things over and over again. It's I agree. torture. It's torture. So I don't have a lot of confidence. I do think we'll beat the Bucks. I do. But I think that's as far as we go. I I can't even say that anymore because we lost to the Cardinals. We lost to the Giants. Like those yeah. are we after the Dallas game, we had the easiest schedule in the NFL. And we went one and five. That's that should not happen for a what people thought was a Super Bowl team. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I feel like the coaching is just not preparing them whatsoever. Um, and it's clearly being shown because a lot of people don't know what they're doing on specific plays and stuff like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, when AJ Brown had his press conference a few weeks ago, um, he was saying how Sirianni covered up or Sirianni covered up for AJ Brown and Hertz, where Sirianni said that uh, in the Seattle game, they were looking for a pass interference play. AJ Brown said, no, like that was on Hertz and I, like we, we tried to get something going and it, it didn't work out, Yeah. which at first glance, and he, he even brought me back in. I was like, that's actually really good. That's cool to see that they have trust in each other, that he's sticking up for one another. But then it made me think, and it's, it's kind of makes sense throughout the year that when it comes down to it, they don't trust the coaches to put them in the right spots. And that's why they did that in Seattle because they wanted to make a play and you could see that things were faltering. Like it wasn't like they could have ended that game before that game winning drive. Yeah. And it, it's, it seems like multiple different scenarios where it's like, it's they, they, they're like, all right, this is the play we see, but this is what we're going to do. And I don't know if that's what's happening, but that, Speculate, and I again, this is more speculation than anything. But if your two two best players, who Jalen Hurts is very good with, you tell him what to do, and he'll do it to perfection. But if if that's happening, then that's a very key issue, and that's why there's even reports like there's e- even a chance of um, Nick Sirianni being fired after this year. Because to be fair, this is a historic collapse. Yeah. No no team that has started 10 and 1 in the NFL has failed to reach 12 wins. No team ever. I know it's hard. That's a historic collapse. Um but that kind of leads segues into some little, you know, NFL uh stories and stuff cuz man, the NFL is going to be a whole different league next year. Yeah, um, Belichick's gone. 
Yep, that's one of them. Bill Belichick, he's finally gone, and I'll actually get to. They literally like he's he was gone two days ago, and yeah. now they have his replacement. Um, but we'll start off with the biggest one because a lot of fantasy football play, um, uh, owners rejoiced after this. Arthur Smith, he's fired from the head coach as a head coach. He was he pretty much took this whole season as a fu to fantasy football players and completely mishandled. By John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like you're the people you drafted in the first rounds to get you to where you need to go. He didn't really use them all too well. Um, the Panthers fired their GM, uh, Scott Fitter. Um, so that's I, they're trying to clean the house and get everything going. And I think it was, I still believe Bryce Young is, is a very good football player. He just ha- hasn't had the right thing, but comparing him to CJ Stroud, where CJ Stroud has more weapons right now kind of unfair but i think that's what happened that they chose bryce young over cj stroud and you know with a gn you can't really have those types of misses especially 101 102 uh commanders have fired ron rivera so washington is now in looking for a uh uh a new head coach um the more shocking people that got let go uh mike vrabel was fired as the Titans, he was, it wasn't like an amicable thing. He was fired by the Titans, which no one expected. And I thought it was a really dumb move by the Titans, in my opinion. Um, so there was a lot of speculation that he would go to the Patriots because he's from the Patriots. He knows the Patriots way. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and one of the bigger ones. Well, the, the, there's two big ones, actually. So uh, Pete Carroll, actually, you know, he is gone. Um so that that was interesting to see as well. And then the Bears are not making a head coach change, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with that. Um, but now moving on to more of the, the crazy. Oh, wait, sorry. I almost forgot about the whole uh, Patriots stuff. Um, the Patriots actually did find the new head coach. Uh, it is Jared Mayo as a new head coach. Um, he is now going to be the youngest head coach in the NFL uh, he was already part of the organization, so they hired internally. Um, and then quickly for um, you know college football, which is pretty huge, Alabama head coach uh, Nick yes. Saban is retiring. Um, he's had a historic run, but now Patriot and Bama dynasties are officially over. Um, moving on to more playoff games, we already talked about you know the Eagles having shitty weather, but could be worse. The Dolphins and Chiefs are on their way to having the fourth coldest ever recorded football game in history. Way too cold. Uh, the wind chill in, in Kansas City Saturday night will be dangerously cold. Um, that's per National Weather Service. And it's expected to be a wind chill of negative 30 degrees. Oh, thank which you. Which is crazy. Uh, bills and... Um, Steelers are also going to be having a very uh, crazy weather game as well. Um, more along the lines of like snow accumulation and stuff like that. But I mean, hey, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Although this week is going to be a very interesting week for uh, football, considering you know who knows what the weather's going to do and how they're going to be able to handle it. But right. that's been pretty much it when it comes to football and baseball. 
Um, we'll obviously next week we'll talk more about like what happens with playoffs and stuff like that. Whether I'll be extremely pissed off, I think I'm already at my wits end with them. I think already, if the Eagles come out and lose, is more than expected. So yeah, I don't think I'll be. I, I feel like we're gonna kind of just be like, all right, we saw it coming. Yep. All right, go to next year. Get rid of uh, let's let's clean house. I think we yeah. should keep Sirianni. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. But, I was gonna uh, ask you real quick too. Yeah. What is your bracket looking like? So, NFC wise, first you have the Eagles and the Bucks. You're saying the Bucks. Uh, let's be objective. The Bucks are are a hotter team right now, and football it, playoffs are all about who's the hot team. Um. So yeah, I would probably say the Bucks. Um, but right. I would lost. Los I Angeles and the Lions, lie. then. Um, that's where it, it, that's a toss-up. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think the Lions pulled out because they're at home. Fair. Green Bay and Dallas. Green Bay. Um, Dallas just can't beat Green Bay in the playoffs for some reason. True. This will be the fifth time they see him in the past. Obviously, the past four times they had Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Yep. All right for the division championship game, Bucks were or well, I'm not. For the divisional game, sorry, San Francisco versus the Bucks. Uh, is that what I? It's San Fran's going to dominate. Okay, and then you had uh, the Lions and Green Bay. Who do you think wins that? That's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm I'm going to say the Lions, but I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay kind of pulls it out. All right, and then the uh, San Francisco versus. Well, you you said the Lions first. So I. I want the Lions to win. I think they have probably the best chance out of all the NFC teams right now. Yeah. But I, I think uh, San Francisco is on a whole different league right now. All right. And I'll jump it over to AFC real quick. You got Cleveland versus Houston. Um, I want Houston, but I'm going to say Cleveland. Okay. Miami versus Kansas City. See, that game's a toss-up too. I think it really comes down to... Uh, whose run game is better, and I'm going to have to say Kansas City at home. Okay. And then Steelers versus the Bills. And that's the same thing, but the Bills always play in absurd snow weather, and but the Steelers are <laughs> are gritty. Um, are. But I'm, I'm going to have to say the Bills on this one. Fair enough. Okay. And then you said Cleveland versus Baltimore? Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore's, Baltimore's like San said... Fran. They're on a no league right now. Then you said Kansas City versus, I think you said the Steelers, right? Or the Bills? Bills. Uh, it's KC versus the Bills. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Josh Allen finally gets his his just desserts against uh, against uh, Mahomes. Mahomes this time, um, and he goes on the face of the Ravens. All right, and then Bills versus Ravens. Uh, I think Ravens get this one, and I think okay. this is gonna this is gonna piss me off because. The pa- if that's the case, then the past, I think, three to four Super Bowls have been determined by the logo. Have you heard yeah, about this? Yeah, that's when it gets kind of BS-y. Mm-hmm. Because they've had, before the season's over, they've had the the colors of the Super Bowl come out, and each time both teams have had their colors. Each time in the Super Bowl, both teams have had their colors. So yeah, it's right like now I see red and purple, so it's looking like... San Fran, San Fran, and yeah, exactly. And I think that game is more of a toss-up, but I, I just it's going to piss me off so badly. And I think that the 49ers will win that. 
I think Baltimore will. But here's mine real quick. Mm -hmm. I do think we pull it out of our ass to win against the Bucs. I do think we win this one. Sheer luck, I don't think it's going to be like – it's going to be like all the games that we've seen. We don't look good, but we somehow win. It happens. Los Angeles versus the Lions. I think the Lions take it. Green Bay versus Dallas. I do actually think Dallas will win this first game. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think Dallas definitely has a better chance than most years to beat Green yeah, Bay. But... I agree. Uh, obviously, San Francisco versus the Eagles. San Fran's going to have their revenge from last year or the year before. No, last year. Um, and beat the shit out of us. Then I think the Lions beat Dallas. I, I think Prescott gets overwhelmed by the lot and loses. Um, and I then think... It is going to be the greatest uh, NFC championship game that there is. And I think it's going to go to overtime. And I think the Lions are going to pull it out of their ass to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Cleveland versus Houston. I think Cleveland's going to take it with Flacco. I have some faith in there. Um, Miami versus Kansas City. I think, ty- I think if Mahomes cracks at this game at all, and I think he will, he will lose this game, and Miami takes it. So I'm taking Miami. Okay. Steelers versus Bills. I like the Steelers. I like the Bills. I think the Bills just overall are going to just do better. Yeah. I think it, the Bills are going to take it. Ravens versus Browns. Hands down, I'm taking the Ravens. I, I just think they're just the overall better team. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolphins versus Bills is going to be a wild game, but I think the Bills will win it, though. And I think Bills will go to the AFC Championship, but lose to the Ravens, and it will be a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl. And I think that the Lions are going to win it. And you know why? Look at the colors. It's red and blue. You know what? You need blue to make purple. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going to go with it. All right. All right, well. Yeah, and that that's a stretch for the Super Bowl colors, but I, I like that. I mean, if the yeah. Lions win the Super Bowl, I'd be very happy. I would be very Plus, happy. our doctor phone would be very happy too. Detroit Burns. Yeah, that would be their first ever, right? Yeah. I think that would. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, I do have one Bills bad bet. Oh, oh God. I know it's been a while, so let me find it. Here it is. It is a. Oh, here it is. It's a four pick parlay. We're going to start with my favorite part of it. Over. Everything's going to be, has to be one. One interception thrown by Dak Prescott. We love that. Followed by Jarrett Goff throwing an interception. I have a feeling he will. Um, And then for Mahomes and Tua both to throw an interception during their game. So four interceptions for five bucks gives me a $95 payout. Why not? Honestly, that's not a bad bet. Nah. I feel like that happens, especially with the, the terrible conditions. So I think it happens. I want it. I hate to say this. I wanted to bet with Jason, uh, Jason, Jalen Hurts for, you know, our game. But for some reason, DraftKings for the past two games have refused to put up any odds for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that, that makes no sense to me. I told I showed you the screenshots on DraftKings. They had, even right before game time, no odds were available for any passing plays, touchdowns thrown, interceptions thrown, 
any bets for Jalen Hurts, like his, like, you know, stats, he could score a touchdown. That was still an option. But if you go on the DraftKings right now and you look up the Eagles Bucks game, you will not see Jalen Hurts on there as an option for those pass, uh, rushing ones, passing ones, all that shit. Now, I understand he is injured. We don't know if he's actually going to play. We don't. So I can't say he is, but I hope that we would have confirmation soon so that you actually can make those bets if you want, because I missed out on a lot of money this year. I'm not going to lie. I really regret, and this is a terrible thing to say, I should have bet on more interceptions thrown by Jalen Hurts because I would have won a lot more money. Yeah, but no no one knew the offensive scheme was going to be ass. Yeah, I should have caught on to it. It, it is, is what it is. is. But that's but, all I got. Yeah, and I think that's a good good way to start the new year. So, uh, again, everyone, please, please, please follow us at AB Sports Media um, on our Twitter. Uh, email us at BillAndAJMedia at gmail.com. Um, and just talk to us. It's a new year. You can talk to yeah, us. We're, we're the it. same people. New year, new people. N- new year, same people. New deal. I meant for them to talk to us, new people. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But as always, and for the start of 2024, my name is AJ. And I'm Bill. And thanks for listening to AB Sports Media, the podcast. Adios. See you next week. Gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 53342 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.